You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to another episode of 10 Till Place is a Theater Podcast. My name is Aaliyah Gardner and I'm your host. First and foremost, I apologize for my voice. I don't know what has been going on with me, but I am losing my voice. So I am so, so sorry. You won't have to worry about... um, hearing me sound like this in the actual interview with Jennifer Apple. I am so excited to share this with you guys. Jennifer Apple is a theater coach. She's an actress. She is incredible. And I am so grateful to have had the opportunity to speak with her. We chatted about her business and her coaching experiences. We've talked about her experience on the road in the national tour of the band's visit. What? the band's visit. I am so incredibly humbled and grateful to have spoken with her. So if you like this episode, please follow her on uh, Instagram at Jennifer Apple underscore. And you can also follow the podcast at 10 till places podcast and me at Aaliyah underscore Gardner. So without further ado, let's jump into our interview life on the road with Jennifer Apple. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Tental Places, a theater podcast. My name is Aaliyah Gardner, and I'm your host. I am sitting with the none other than Miss Jennifer Apple today. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. How Thank are you, for you having me? I'm I'm hanging in. I have a little dog on my my lap. You know, oh. the weather is pretty nice out here for the most part. You know, it's I, I'm alive. Can't really complain <laughs> too much. Nice. Perfect. Well, first and foremost, who are you? Like how, who are, who is the infamous Jennifer Apple? I don't know if it's infamous. Maybe. I, don't know. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah. Um, Jennifer Apple, um, that is on my, you know, birth certificate. People don't believe it often, especially at the Apple store, but it's real. Honestly, um, I love it. It's such a name. It's like Jennifer you. Apple. Like, thank I, you. And especially with the, with your career, uh, I think it works. Jennifer I Apple. <laughs> I feel like it, yeah, it has, I'm one of those, you know, I don't know if there's a name for it. The people who go by like two names in, I remember mm-hmm. you know, middle school, high school, like, oh yeah, Jen Apple. Like I have one of those, like you put the two names together yeah. and people always did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm from New York. Um, I'm the oldest of four. I'm obsessed with dogs. I nice. love, oh yeah. I love the outdoors and hiking and travel. Um, and uh, I happen, oh, I'm, an, I'm a, an acting coach and I happen to also be a performer, I guess. Which is, oh, I guess, cool. why we're here. <laughs> nice. Oh, I hope so. I'm just kidding. No, that's great. That's awesome. What do you uh, do? You uh, coach through a company, or do you do a remote? Um, is it just you um, offering uh, services? Yeah. I do it. Well, COVID's been interesting in that respect, where I actually now am working with a bunch of different programs and companies. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm an, a coach on their roster. But even prior to COVID, I am a coach on my own. So. Um, I, you know, master classes, universities, workshops, all of that, but also one-on-one individually um, for uh, a variety of things. But I think I specialize in uh, BFA, MFA coaching, and then also um, 
something called monologue sourcing, which is basically like me finding monologues specifically for you as a human being. Um, I know people like struggle with finding material monologues, especially I've been there, done that. Um, and then also uh, acting the song and monologue. I think those are wow. maybe my specialties. Yeah, wow. that's amazing. That's awesome. No, especially with the monologue hunting, because don't even get me started on monologue mm-hmm. hunting. Good Lord, it's hard. It's really yeah. hard. And yeah. especially trying to find something that's uh, that's really well for you instead of just picking something that everybody else has done. Correct. That's Correct. You know, there's so many lists of like, don't sing this if you're in musical theater. You know, like there's a lot of that. And I'd say, um, sorry if you like hear the dog sneezing oh, no. below me. <laughs> bless you. Um, God bless you. Um, you know, I feel like monologues for some reason, people there, you know, there's like a, you hold it an arm's length, um, of the fear of finding one or what if it's overdone and nobody really has a pulse on it. And mm-hmm. I feel like that actually is less of the issue and more a matter of like, why don't you just find a piece that you love, you know, um, and let me help you do that. Um, Absolutely. what's your process with the, with the monologue, with finding the monologues? Cause I know it's especially hard for, I mean, for just me as like a, an actress, um, what is your, do you end up just, uh, kind of anal- analyzing your, uh, your person and just mm-hmm. kind of reading plays all the, all day, every day? Like what's your, how do you do that? Yeah. Well, the process itself is, uh, kind of like what we would be doing right now. And I try to make it as natural as possible, but, um, and it, it's been really interesting in COVID, um, just because I'm sorry, you guys cannot see this dog, but this is the <laughs> cutest dog that I have ever seen. <laughs> what a name! His name is Walter, and Walter was uh, Foster. I've been fostering dogs for years, and I'm in the process of failing for him. So I, Walter is Walter was formerly known as Ray, but mm-hmm. he's definitely a Walter. And, uh, <laughs> he looks he, like a Walter. Thank you. I I think it's an apt apt name. Um, and he's, he's a little precious ball of schmush, much smaller than I ever thought I'd get, but he's a, he's a hoot. He's totally a weirdo. Um, I'm so sorry. I interrupted you. The dog, no, but, the dog no, listen, on the show. Listen, I can talk about dogs every day, all day. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, baby. Um, yeah, monologue, I guess how it'll work is like this. And with COVID, yeah, I'm able to see people. I will usually do some sort of zoom or FaceTime, um, to start, um, pre COVID, it was ideally in person. So I can actually get to know you in energetically in person, but I actually been finding it quite successful in this format because people are getting more and more used to just being themselves over a screen in that re- regard. Um, but yeah, I will meet with you in essence for about a half hour or so. And it feels kind of like online dating, except I'm just like dating you. Um, and I like, you know, we'll, we'll talk about all the things about what make you a human, what makes you interesting what are you interested in right like what are your hobbies how how do you hang out with your friends do you have close groups how would they describe you what is your love life how do you identify your religion politics like really we try to get into it so that i kind of have a a picture of how you tick and and your heart and soul a bit and then i go off on my own and i have um a massive Rolodex of monologues and also plays that I pull from. So I had kind of been accruing all of these pieces. Um, previous, like when I had, when I'd been applying to get my MFA, um, I had obviously been in the search for monologues. And while I was doing that, I was finding pieces and I would just kind of keep them, even if they weren't necessarily for me, um, a little bit before that as well. And then during grad school, we needed to find pieces to consistently audition. 
And then um, afterwards, when I started really coaching people for BFA and MFA auditions, people needed monologues too. And I'd be like, oh yeah, this is part of the project process. And I realized like, oh wait, this is actually, I have so, so much material. Um, and I'm not using it because it's not material necessarily for me. I just think they're great pieces. Um, so that's kind of a bit of how that works. And then, yeah, I go off on my own. I find you the pieces. It's usually like 10 to 15, sometimes a little more if I'm truly inspired or whatever. And um, then we come back together on a Zoom and we basically cold read them so that it's first impression based. So you're just like, I like the way that this sounds in my mouth. Or like, ooh, I could so see, I talk about something like this all the time, that it's not something that you judge and you just kind of go off of like your first instinct as opposed to like, how would I perform this? Or like, right. what am I going to use this for? Which I think is a lens through which a lot of actors do approach material. Like, ooh, I need like a, an up-tempo ballad. So I guess this one works. It's like, no, do you like this up-tempo ballad or do you just think you need an up-tempo ballad? Like find a song that you love and same thing with the monologue. Absolutely. Preach, sis. Uh, that's nice. awesome. That's nice. amazing. That's yeah. great. Do you have any, um, uh, like any type of uh, client that has really stuck out to you? Because uh, the way that you were explaining it, it seems very, especially on a first impression, like mm -hmm. very, very intimate and very one-on-one um, -on -one, uh, getting yeah. to know this, this new human through a webcam. So is there anybody that's really stuck out to you or any experiences that you're like, yeah, I did that. That's a that's the one. Any yeah. that really sticks out? Um, I mean, I feel like there's a few in my that are like kind of rolling through my brain right now. Mm -hmm. I and I think really the common thread through all of it is like now there are people that I'm like in touch with as just like people because we've shared something, as you just said, like intimate. You know, it's it's a weird thing to trust somebody, a stranger. I, for most of these people, I, you know, they don't know me. They find me through whatever, uh, however they <laughs> found me, whether it's word of mouth or whether it's, you know, say a podcast like this one. And they're like, oh my God, that sounds cool. Um, so there's automatically this level of like, okay, I hope we vibe so that she could find me these things, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I like to think that the relationships that I'm building with that is a natural, but be intimate in a way that it, it doesn't feel like a transaction. Cause for me, it's not right. Like mm -hmm. I am asking somebody to be honest and transparent with me about who they are as a person. That's a vulnerable thing. Mm -hmm. um, and if I'm not creating the safe space for somebody to share who they are, then that's on me. Um, and the damage on that is actually potentially far worse than me, like just sitting and chatting. Right. So um, yeah, I mean, there are a few people who have popped back into my life who I, I know, um, but I'd never like worked with in that capacity. And now, I mean, one of whom, um, she's been a friend of mine for a while, but then I helped get her monologues and then we've been back in each other's circles. And now that we're back in each other's circles, because of that, we have been calling senators many times a week to extend, you know, um, unemployment benefits because like she's back in my life. Um, this other woman that I helped, um, she runs the Broadway Positivity Project. Um, I had never met her beforehand. And like now I'm a part of this incredible community that she's facilitating about, you know, accepting artists um, and, and actors and actresses of all shapes, sizes, diversity, uniqueness, all of it, and, and really trying to push that memo. Um, you know, uh, another uh, woman that I, I had known through like a concert I did years ago, and she runs her own business, um, like a vocal studio she wanted more monologues and like now we're back in each other's sphere so it's been like a really interesting thing where 
yeah, I feel like not only am I hopefully giving people material that they're then able to use on their own, but um, really forming bonds with other artists who I either wasn't as close with or like reopening a door. It's been a really wonderful um, journey. That's amazing, honestly, Thank because of, of course, like I just, I did an interview recently with um, with uh, Jenna Lee Miller and she was the Tracy in my hairspray when I did hairspray in New Hampshire, but yes. she uh, has a, a, a company, but she's all about artists supporting artists and mm. really making sure that we stick together, especially during times like these. So I yeah. I applaud that so much because that's that's amazing. It's, it's nice. great. And especially with the MFA uh, in college, theater and everything um a lot of my listeners are pretty young like maybe like early college uh maybe out in the world type mm -hmm. of actresses and actors it, what is um was college uh, how is college theater basically like the college theater life and really pursuing the mfa in theater how does that compare to real life and right. going out and maybe for example which we will get into i'm so excited to talk about the band <laughs> a bit, but um like compared to like doing real life professional theater yeah um i mean i didn't go to a bfa program i went to an M a ba i got you know i went to liberal arts uh, mm -hmm. school um mm -hmm. small little liberal arts school and i i majored in theater with a double concentration in acting and directing. Um, I also double minored in creative writing and philosophy. So I really, really like leaned into liberal arts. And, you know, I, I feel like for me, I, and I, when I applied to colleges, I didn't really know what I wanted, right? I applied to some BFA programs. I applied to some liberal arts schools. I applied to some reach. I applied to 18 schools. It was uh, very overwhelming oh, wow. and I never want to relive that. It was really, <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, and I did end up getting into some BFA programs and some liberal art programs. And I decided on the liberal, liberal arts school because I realized that I had other interests besides theater. Granted, I obviously ended up majoring in it for the most part and spent the majority of my time doing shows and whatnot. But um, for me, it was incredibly important. And I still believe this firmly to become a human, right? And for me, and this is my own personal journey. Um, for me, the liberal arts um, education allowed me to take classes in topics that had nothing to do with theater, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's how I ended up minoring in philosophy. Like I happened to take a philosophy class and was like, oh my God, I love this. Um, and then there we are, you know, so for me, uh, college, yes, I was in an acapella group, I was in shows, and there were like all different tiers. So there was like the main stages, and then there was the black boxes. And then there was like the student run shows. And I kind of did a mix of all of them, I had directed some things too. So for me, college was definitely like a playground, right? You got to really play. A lot of times you were not doing roles that are your age or your mm -hmm. quote unquote type, which I hate that word too. We need to not ever use that, but unfortunately we do for now. Um, but you know, you, you are not necessarily doing the roles that you will hopefully do when you exit. Um, so I think in that respect, when one is in undergrad, it is really an opportunity to like explore all of the things that you might be interested in or like how you are able to be adaptable or what you don't like, you know, and really kind of figure out your palette. And again, I can only speak on behalf of the liberal arts versus yeah, say a yeah. BFA. Yeah. Um, and so then when I left undergrad and I moved back to New York, um, I was mostly doing musical theater regionally and it was working, albeit slowly, but it was working. Um, and I, I think it was about like, for me, targeting specific 
shows that I knew I was right for or roles that I wanted to play. Um, and, uh, then yeah, a mentor of mine was like, you might want to apply for your MFA. You're in between types. If you're doing this for the long haul, if you're wanting to do more on camera work, which is what I wanted. Um, and I was like, okay, I'll apply to get my MFA. Um, which was not something I ever thought I would do. So the MFA then became for me something that I was consciously making the decision to strengthen my acting. Um, so I went back to school with that knowledge of these are the things that I need to get out of my education that I do not have in my toolbox at the moment. Um, so I, I think it's an interesting question because yeah, the in college, you're not gonna necessarily do what you'll do in real life. And even when you're in real life, you might not get to do what you want to be doing unless you're creating your own work, right? Um, but I think uh, various forms of education and also being able to explore in those will allow you to uh, really understand like what it is that you'd want to ideally be doing and then how you can maybe more consciously pursue those things. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's great. I feel like all my responses are just like, yeah, that's awesome. Sorry, I'm no. by, by listening to you. I'm really, <laughs> no, you're, so <laughs> you're roping so me good. in. But I no, it. I think that's, I think that's the coolest, honestly, because I mean, personally, I, because of family reasons and miscellaneous things, I couldn't necessarily uh, take the time to apply and go to college at the moment and pursue a BA or any of that. And honestly, it's on my radar. It's definitely in the future yeah. because things are a little bit more die down at the moment so but you know quarantine it is what it is <laughs> mm -hmm. but um i mean but i feel like what you're doing i mean already like the fact that you're doing this podcast you're already putting yourself in the mix of talking to other artists getting different like perceptions of what the industry is and even just by osmosis you're learning <laughs> like i feel mm -hmm. like you know like there i have many friends who never went to school at all um, and it's an interesting field, right? Because we're not, it's not like, oh, I'm a lawyer. I went to law school. I'm a doctor. I went to get, you know, like it's not a linear thing. There are plenty of kids who grew up doing theater and other professional, you know, movie stars. And then there are people who are born into it. And then there are people who didn't go to school and booked a show. And then there are people like John Hamm. It took him until he was 40 something to like be recognized, even though he'd been at, like, it really, there's no one way of doing it. And I think mm -hmm. that's the hard thing, right? Because mm -hmm. we all want to feel like we're on the right track but it mm -hmm. has to be like your track right and for you if this is if you know circumstantially like you aren't able to do what, what is quote-unquote the usual and I put that in huge quotes like yes. then great there's incredible especially in COVID right now oddly enough there's some incredible free resources mm -hmm. programs that are happening online people who are doing workshops left and right you can honestly like build yourself an education yeah. through the internet that's kind of happening in this time right now. Mm. Um, and just being open to that and recognizing that that's just kind of what's happening and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And if anything, it could be really great. 
Yeah, it's very tricky because like a lot of, I mean, especially in high school for me, like I was, I, I'm not sure how your uh, school was structured, but have you seen the show Victorious on Nickelodeon? No, but I know, I was that okay. Ariana Grande was on that? Yes. Okay, yeah. okay. So basically my school was like a watered down version of Victorious, the school that yeah. they went to, because it was very artsy. Like there were kids doing backflips in the courtyard and the rock band uh, <laughs> is playing uh, during lunch. And here's the theater mm -hmm. kids in the pack rehearsing because we're not going to eat today. We have a show this afternoon. Like right. it was very, um, I was so lucky to be able to go to a high school where I had mm. that knowledge and when it comes to everything artistic. And now that I'm out here, it's definitely, there's a very odd views of how, what success is supposed to look like. Yes, queen. <laughs> Say it for the people in the back. So for the people in the back. Oh man, it's just very, especially like, I love my theater coaches. I love my theater teachers and my educators. And honestly, they deserve more than what they are given, especially the tools and the resources that they have. Cause the, what we have is very sparse, but what we did was incredible. Mm -hmm. But it's, there's this very old school vision of what is successful actress in theater at least is supposed to look like and especially you know being brown it's very very difficult to try and um adjust to the way that people view um mm -hmm. us in theater so honestly what you said earlier that that really oh goosebumps i love that it just yeah. we we need to just be able to um all be artists you know be, yeah and have a type like you said earlier yeah but I am, I'm, I'm prepared. I'm ready to get into the band <laughs> visit. My goodness, for those who are not aware, Jennifer Apple was on the uh, the national tour. Mm -hmm. Was that yep. the national tour of the band's visit, which I wasn't fully aware of what the show was until I saw the Tonys and mm -hmm. they swept the Tonys with yeah. like, I was I was like, whoa, what is this show? And then I did a little research, but you know, you're in the show, so. Yeah. Go for it. What is the band's <laughs> visit? So, um, yeah, the band's visit is based off an Israeli movie. So, if you have Amazon Prime, it's on there. It's a gorgeous film. Um, and it, it actually was supposed to be, um, an Oscar nominated film, but I think like for a foreign film, but it had maybe like, I forget what the actual number was, like mm -hmm. uh, five extra sentences, too many in English to qualify for like foreign film or something. Whatever, but um, Whatever. it's about, um, I, it's all it's all silly. But um, it's about an Egyptian orchestra that goes to Israel for. Oh my God, it's been such a long time since I talked about the show. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I put you on um, the spot. I was right. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, Egyptian orchestra that goes to Israel to perform in a concert, and due to a language um, mess up, basically, they end up in a town called Beit Hatikva, not Petach Tikva, um, where they were supposed to be performing Petach Tikva is like this big, um, bigger, uh, thriving, bubbling uh, city and Beit Tikva is in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere where like nothing happens. Mm -hmm. So this whole Egyptian orchestra ends up in the desert in the middle of nowhere. Um, and the town of Beit Tikva like take in these Egyptians for 24 hours and uh, like what happens in those 24 hours, not much, but that's, it's like, it's humans really just who, um, would normally never be able to connect or would never choose to connect, um, having the opportunity to connect and love, loss, family, community, um, all of those things. 
Um, that's kind of like the elevator pitch, I guess. For oh, that's beautiful. It just seems like such an incredible show. I haven't had the opportunity to really be able to um, to mm-hmm. watch it or find, like, you know, bootleg it anywhere. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, it just seems like such a beautiful show because I, I mean, a very odd thing about me, I'm obsessed with Hebrew and Jewish <laughs> people. And I just love the language. <laughs> well, you found the right speak. person. Yes. Hearing people speak Hebrew is so cool like but, say the name of the town again or bait hatikva well because in, in english we don't have the the sound right uh-huh. it's a chet in hebrew mm-hmm. and in arabic it's more like an oh sound which i guess like i don't know if you can hear that on a microphone but we don't have those sounds in our um alphabet right so already there's a different uh usage of our mouths um i think like a couple years ago like hebrew was ranked one of the sexiest languages in the world i think it's a gorgeous gorgeous language um and i i i'm lucky that i speak it um Mm -hmm. and uh, i spoke it exclusively in the show too i think i had one english word and it was no you know like that was it so um yeah i mean it's a the culture is something that's very near and dear to my heart. So I, I, I appreciate you saying that, girl. Of course. No, of course. And if you think about it, there's really no show. I mean, the band's visit is basically the only show that I can really think of that represents that group of individuals yeah. so beautifully, like so well right. done. Well, that's the thing too, where it's like, it's not, a, it's a show that people expect when you say Egypt, Israel, like you expect it to be political and it yeah. it's not. And that's Absolutely. the beauty of the show. And I think a huge reason why it resonates with frankly, many, many, many people who are not of that region or even know much about the region because it really boils down to humanity, right? It's all about human connection. And, and we see something that we think is quote unquote foreign. And then you realize like, oh no, 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 no. We may quote unquote look different, but we're actually all people and we all have the same span of, uh, you know, depth of feeling and we're all able to relate to each other if we listen, right? Um, So the show is less about the culture, which obviously, you know, it's visually the music, all of that is very ingrained into the fabric of the piece. But for me, the show is really just about people, right? They just happen to be from Israel, from Egypt. This play, frankly, could happen in Argentina, in Buenos Aires, you know, it could be, it could happen in Japan. Like it doesn't have to be these two regions. Um, we just happen to be talking about them because that's what the movie was, but it, it, it could be anyone. Yeah, that's it's so cool. I just think that it's the coolest thing because like I just like I'm saying like there's really not a whole lot of really amazing pieces of work that rep- yeah. at least in theater that really represent right. a um people as a whole. Um I mean, maybe you have for for black people, maybe you have the color mm-hmm. purple, but maybe mm-hmm. you have maybe you have a, a in the heights for Hispanics, mm-hmm. but why is there only one, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, no, where that's, the, that's a bigger topic. Oh my ah, God. <laughs> maybe For I'll do round world. two with you. We can talk about representation in oh. theater because I could go yeah. off on that. But you what should go you, off on that. You honestly, should. I already did part one of performing while black, which is available on Spotify mm-hmm. and Apple Podcasts. Anybody who would like to listen to that? Everyone listen to it. Everyone listen to it. Don't worry. I will be doing a part two because it is, there's still so many, I haven't even scraped the surface on it mm-hmm. and I did it with my boyfriend. So it was very sweet, yes. but I would love to know, like, what is a, what was a typical day like with, 
touring because I know mm-hmm. I'm sure like when people hear tour they hear they think of like the Hannah Montana huge tour bus <laughs> has her face plastered on it right. like just chilling in the bus like what it how what did what was the process for you guys um, in terms of going from city to city right I'd say every tour is different depending on the contract that it falls under. Mm-hmm. Wow, I've said that very heavily with a New York accent. Well, ah! I have never said that in my life. That Love was it so. Back and I'll hear it. I'm no, just... oh my god, I just had a visceral reaction. You had a relapse. It's okay. Oh my god, that it falls under. Wow. Okay, rewind. Um, so our our specific contract. Um, luckily, we were not say what they call like a truck and bus. Mm-hmm. for many of the cities uh we it was not quite linear so we weren't like just traveling down the eastern coast it's like no we would go from you know i'm uh i'm totally making this up but like dc to chicago to charlotte to like we were kind of hopping all around the country a bit so we would fly most of the time mm-hmm. um anyone has the option to say like take a quote-unquote buyout which is you take the amount that they paid for said flight and you can use it on your own so if you want to book your own flight so you can use your own miles or if you want to drive if some people around in the uh, tour were driving from city to city and they had their own car if you want to drive you can do that as well um and then other times uh they would bus us if it was a relatively close um commute um but in terms of like the typical day um I think it would depend uh, if we had rehearsal or if we had to put in, then perhaps we might be called. But for the majority of the time, as you know, you know, when you're in performance itself, which is what we were while we were traveling around, you have a show at night or maybe you have a matinee on a Wednesday or a Saturday or Sunday or some cities, Thursdays or who even knows. Um, but, you know, you you have your days primarily free. Right. So for me, I'm a huge uh foot explorer. So I really, really love uh, exploring a city by foot, Uh, walk like many a mile a day if I can, just kind of seeing the topography and whatnot. Um, Museums are a huge part of it. Local food, restaurants, um, really trying to like get uh, like my finger onto the local culture as much as I possibly can. Um, Obviously, it's harder in winter months and we hit a lot of those. but also, um, I was I was doing a lot of masterclasses and workshops uh, while I was on tour and hopping through various cities. So I was teaching during the daytime a lot as well, which was really incredible. Um, just because that also gave me another insight into the arts um, and the youth and um, of, a, of a city. Um, and that was really great for me. Um, and also just feeling productive in that way, right? Like you're kind of giving back or you're also kind of keeping your muscles fresh by having to be specific about what you're trying to see and hoping to get out of another person and all of that. So Absolutely. kind of a typical day, I guess. Nice. Do you have a favorite, uh, like a favorite city that you visited while you were on tour? Yeah, I feel like any podcast or any like interview I've ever had, I always say this. So anybody who's like listened to multiple ones of this is like, oh, Jen, I get know, it. I know, I already knew. I yep. already knew that- before I asked. I'm like, yeah. I'm just curious because you know, sometimes <laughs> no, no, no. some people are like, you know, Philadelphia was really cool. I'm like, Philly was Philly cool. Philly had amazing food. I had no idea. It shocked me <sighs> how good the food was. So good. so good, but yeah, my favorite city was Greenville, South Carolina. Wow, this, I know it's this cute little liberal hub in the middle oh. of South Carolina. This adorable main street with like cobblestone <laughs> and restaurants and bars and bookstores and whatnot. The theater was beautiful. the 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 audiences were super receptive. I stayed in an incredibly 
homey Airbnb. Um, I the weather was wonderful. There was this gorgeous park behind the theater with these waterfalls. It was just really I love South uh, Greenville, South Carolina. That was we were there for a week and it was way too short. Oh my gosh. I've been this, you know, I've commuted through South Carolina, but I've like, mm-hmm. I, I used to live in Florida. So I would okay. sometimes like going up from, up from Florida to Virginia to visit family and like vice yeah. versa. It was, we just would pass through. Uh, but wow, I really didn't know that there was so Neither much did I. to see in South it's Carolina. Not like a lot to see. Again, it's like this small little city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was, it's so cute. Like, it, like mm-hmm. you know, little vacation week. Obviously, mm-hmm. no one's really traveling right now, and who even knows? But, <laughs> like, it was so cute. Oh, that's so awesome. Cute. I mm-hmm. love that. But do you, um, I mean, I overall, I guess, I, I'm already at 30 minutes, and I feel so bad because I want to keep talking. No, you need to talk But um, I guess uh, overall, what is one thing that you really took away from the tour experience or, or maybe even just um, being an actress in general? Like I, I know it's different for a lot of other actors, actors and actresses with different backgrounds and different experiences. So what exactly um, stood out, stood out to you the most in while terms on of, tour? Um, yeah, like while on tour. Um, it's a great question. I'd say maybe like how do how do you keep your skill set fresh? Mm-hmm. I this was the longest I'd ever done a specific part uh, for me. You know, it's almost a year. We were supposed to be a year, but then here we are with COVID. Um, yeah. So I'd say you know like how do you keep it fresh every night while still trying to tell the story? How do you um, keep yourself present every night while still trying to tell the same story? Um, and how do I, as an actor and artist, remember that I am not just the thing that I'm doing every night, you know, that I am capable of more, that I have more to offer and that I, my skill set runs quite deep and large. And um, I'm so grateful to have that opportunity, but also keeping in mind like all the other things that I'm still capable of um, and not trying to let it just become a job, right? It's like really reminding myself about gratitude, but also about myself as an artist and what I'm capable of and hopefully going to do in the future when and if theater ever returns. Right? No, I feel I feel that. And I mean, hey, you're from New York. Do, do you see yourself once all of this blows over going, going back up and uh, or going back over, I guess, since you're on the other side, um, to uh, just pursue Broadway? Because I mean, since it's going to be back in 2021, I mean, maybe, thing, eh, if, I don't know, if, if things go accordingly, like what's what's the plans for you? Like, what are you yeah. up to in the future? I'm, I mean, again, like I'm really, I am hoping to do more on camera work. So I had, you know, I had done a, a co-star on New Amsterdam, like right before I left for um, the band's visit. And I'm really, and I'd done some short films as well. And I'm really hoping to do more of that. So obviously being out in LA is a potential opportunity to kind of pursue that. Cause I think it's coming back a little bit faster here, at least like oh, film yeah. sets are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, yeah, I'd love nothing. I'd love nothing more than to be on Broadway. Um, and that is definitely a dream of mine. I think for me, the important thing is that I really want to find work that speaks to my heart. Um, and I'm not, I'm not really, uh, and the stories that I feel are important to be telling, I'm not necessarily somebody who 
just wants to be on Broadway and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to do that. I think for me, I want it to feel something that I'm really, you know, empowered by and, and will have a specific messaging behind it and be impactful for both myself and for audiences. So I think, I don't know if I'm allowed to have the luxury of being quote unquote specific, but in, a, in an ideal world, it is that right. That I get to kind of be a part of stories that mean something to my heart and the world and the state of the world. And it, um, and that's what I would get to do on those stages versus say on a, television screen no I love it because honestly these are the types of actors that I want to talk to the ones who are doing this for the right reasons and mm -hmm. not just be to have their moment or anything right. this is theater for in my in my life it is my life it is right. it's it's my career of course I'm working and I'm I'm a director for a children's fitness center right now yeah. so I'm like kind of bouncing back and forth but mm -hmm. on the sides I'm doing the podcast I'm doing I'm actually just got a new job with uh, acting mm -hmm. so I'm going to be Great. doing training for that so it's I I just really 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 appreciate like I think it was meant to happen you reaching out because honestly nice. it means the world that you reached out yes. because you are the type of person that I need on the on the podcast people and very impressionable uh teenagers and people who are going into adulthood and yeah. I just Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. And I feel like, you know, I, I really appreciate the fact that you're um, aware of like a, what your audience needs, but also like the type of direction you'd like for them to be stirred in. Right. Like mm -hmm. you, you are, it seems like you're very clear about the types of artists that you're inspired by. And I feel like that is um, obviously reflected in who you're bringing on, but also is something that, you know, is important for people who are listening because then they know that there's a certain type of artist who's going to be tuning in and mm -hmm. and therefore like the advice that they're giving or the experiences that they've had or whatever is is it's not just going to be the one size fits all it's going to be about you know the breadth of opportunity or you know whatever quote unquote success i hate that word <laughs> that it is it, it, no it's true but is to yeah, be an yeah, artist yeah, right absolutely. like it's there is and i think you know when i teach that's something i you know i i preach self-care right and like what is self-care it's for, very different for many people and for some it's getting a massage and for others it's lighting candles and for others it's taking a bath but then for others it's like just like going and going on a hike right mm -hmm. it's it, it needs to i feel like we forget so much that so much of what we do is about like being present that you know if we're being grounded in ourselves we're then able to show up and do the best storytelling and work possible but that takes a lot of work and what is that work it's about like being happy with yourself as much as we can or like being feeling whole or feeling uh, fulfilled right and if we're not meeting if we're not fulfilling our like self-care tanks then like you're going to show up and you're not going to be able to do the work anyway right mm -hmm. um yeah <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you for thank all you. of your wisdom. I feel, I feel rejoiced at the moment. I feel, I feel reborn. I honestly do. I know that sounds really cheap, oh. but, but honestly, I, I really enjoyed the conversation. And is there any, uh, how, where can they find you on, online? Yeah. 
My, uh, my website is jenniferapple.net. Um, if you have a last name like mine, it's very hard to get anything because it's not a corporation. <laughs> yeah, I was actually just on your website, I was doing a little bit of, of internet stalking so yes, I could get to I know that. you. And I saw, you know, <laughs> check out our website. It's honestly so beautifully set up. And it's, it's really, it's a really good website. So check Thank that you. out. Anything Thanks. else? Yeah, my in, my Instagram is at Jennifer Apple underscore. Again, I had to like, I literally bargained with, I reached out to all the various Jennifer Apples on there. They all have like different, like the underscore in the middle, the underscore at the end, the underscore in the beginning, no underscore. Like the one who had like my full name with nothing, like she's not even active and I can't reach her. Listen, I've tried. But um, I yeah, I was able to. Battle of the Jennifer Apple. It is honestly. There's a New York Times <laughs> article that I link in my bio on my website. That's like that years ago, haphazardly used my name as the example for why it's hard to get domain names. And I was like, "Did you ask my permission?" Like I'm <laughs> first of oh all, but also like this is what the struggle is. So yes, Jennifer Apple underscore on Instagram, jenniferapple.net on. Uh, online and uh yeah i feel like i'm relatively accessible yeah um, perfect do a I've, quick google i'm sure you can find her honestly i think that's what i did i just googled jennifer apple and saw what popped up just hopefully to, that to seo is good i have been like <laughs> <laughs> no it's good on it popped right up i was like okay right. boom there she is right. well, perfect. probably see the you. other jennifer apple too though yeah. she's like she's there with me in spirit all over the place <laughs> all the other yeah. jennifer apples they get honorable mentions true so. really true well, thank you again so much thank for joining you. me on. Feel free uh, for those listening to check out the Instagram. We're going to have another drink of the month coming up very soon based mm -hmm. off of another Broadway show. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. And yeah, that is everything. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, we'll check you guys later. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together we rise.